Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. Hi, Gems. It's so nice to be on today. My name is Dr. Sabine Elize. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cornerstone Medical Group in Coral Springs, Florida. And you know what? I've come to realize as a physician, as a pastor's daughter, as a wife, and as a mom, to be healthy and whole, you have to address more than your physical health. So through my medical office and my Amazon best-selling book, The Healthy Whole Rx, I help men and women reconnect their physical spiritual and cognitive health to bring satisfying wholeness to their lives daily. And I absolutely love it uh, doing that. Wow. So you wear quite a few hats, it sounds like. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. How do you kind of keep all the plates spinning, would you say? I think that that's key in what you just said. I don't keep all the plates spinning at the same time but I have to very carefully choose what is gonna get done today, what is not gonna get to done today. And I, I think about the Proverbs 31 woman, she didn't do all of that at the same time because it would have been titled the, the stressed out woman. <laughs> and I think that a lot of times we have to remember, it's just in these different seasons that we do all these different things. So it takes um, a lot of uh, wisdom and a lot of thought and just a lot of grace on yourself as well too, to just say, okay, I can't just do that today. Let me go spend some time on the floor with the boys playing instead. Wow. I think that that's significant that you mentioned that because the assumption is that we need to keep all the plates spinning. And we assume, I think, especially with social media these days, mm-hmm. that when we see what other people are doing, that that's how they're making it happen is to keep all these plates spinning. But what you're really saying is that, you know, one, you might put down for a little bit and, and, focus on this plate over here, and then switch off every now and then. So I love that you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, definitely so. So our minds definitely have the ability um, not to multi-focus, but to hyper-focus on one thing. Otherwise, it just creates too much clutter in our brains, and we're really not doing anything efficiently or effectively. And that's what really leads to us just feeling overwhelmed and then truly producing illness in our bodies as well, too. I love it. Oh, we're going to have, we have, oh, I don't even, there's just so many gems already. I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed right now by how excited I am for this conversation. Um, So you mentioned a few things. You mentioned grace. Let's talk about, you know, giving yourself grace and, and what would that look like if someone was asking you um, or you were kind of walking someone through how to give themselves grace? um, Where would you tell them to begin? So I think that a lot of it is where I would just start in my, my own life. So let's, let's look at this part of me being a physician. I have to know very clearly, I love being a physician, but I'm not God. And there is a very hard lesson that I learned early on, but I'm glad I learned it. I know that the pressure is not on me. So if something goes absolutely right, then, hey, that's God that's working through me. And if it goes absolutely wrong, well, that's God again, too. So it takes that undue pressure that we place on ourselves to perform and to be approved um, or to prove anything. So for my other hat of, of being of having elderly parents, um, I know that because life is very busy, I'm not going to fault myself in this season of life 
if I'm not able to go over there and spend the time with them. But I definitely, as I'm driving, can give them a call and make sure that they're okay. Uh, it's the same thing too when we, uh, just right now, truly in the midst of this pandemic that's going on, a lot of people feel the need to push further, to grind more, to be more productive. And the reality is, is that we have to stop and give ourselves grace and say, you know, maybe today I just need to check out. Maybe today I need to really take that self-care day and not feel guilty about sitting on that couch and then watching whatever Netflix show that it is that you want to watch. So there's just so many different practical ways that we have to learn to give ourselves grace. And it, it really becomes something that is subjective, that we all have to know it for ourselves and learn it and then do it. I feel like you're talking about my life. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, I oscillate and I'm sure so many people oscillate between feeling really I don't know if it's motivated, but feeling either this pressure or motivation to try to get so many things done in this time, especially I think working from home is a different challenge because there's this pseudo, like yes. pseudo thinking that, well, since I'm home, I should be able to get more done. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's, it actually is harder to get it one is. thing done when you're working from home. Um, and so I, I recognize on Saturday, on Saturday, I let myself kind of do nothing and sit on the couch and watch shows or whatever and then on Sunday I'm running around like with a like a chicken with my head cut off because I'm like oh my god I didn't do all these things on Saturday and now it's about to be Monday and I'm freaking out and I'm like everything is okay like you know everything that hasn't been done yet will get done whenever it gets done that's it that's the grace you just gave yourself grace and you know what if you listen to what you said it was in two parts you gave yourself grace on Saturday just to rest. You do a lot. You need to rest. (laughs) We need you to rest for us. And then the second half is you gave yourself grace on that Sunday to not feel guilty about resting on Saturday. So it's almost this twofold piece that we have to be very intentional, be very cognitive about that need and put it in a forefront of our mind that I have to give myself grace that I can only do one thing at a time and I cannot multifocus because it creates clutter and my brain needs rest. My body needs rest. Yeah, I'm really having some clarity as you're saying that because now I'm I'm thinking that either you're going to guilt trip yourself or you're mm-hmm. going to give yourself grace. That's it. That's it. So I let's let's call it this. You're going to choose your D. Let's choose which G. We're going to give ourselves either guilt or grace. And I want to encourage everyone to give themselves that grace. I love it. I absolutely love it. So you did also mention, um, you know, that when we don't allow ourselves to have these periodic breaks and taking, you know, taking time to rest, that I'm obviously it leads to, you know, chronic stress or whatever the case may be. And then you mentioned it potentially developing into illness. Is that what you were saying? Or what links are there um, for the two that you see since since you're a doctor? Yes. (laughs) So yes, that's definitely it. That is exactly what I'm saying. So let's just, I'm going to describe it first. 
Um, because a lot of times we, when we put a label on it, when we put a name on it, we immediately say no. So I'm not going to ask you, but let's all of our listeners just decide if there are moments where you find yourself being more clumsy, um, moments when you find yourself, you've lost your keys, that project that took usually that email that you can knock it out in 15 minutes, it's taking you 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you're toiling over it. The project that you completed without a problem two months ago, right now, probably even the midst of what's going on, it's taking you forever. Well, why is that? That's because you're beginning to feel the symptoms of what? Burnout. That's what burnout looks like. That's when we become a little bit more clumsy. That's when it's harder to concentrate. That's when we're beginning to go to sleep sleep eight hours and still wake up tired. This is that cognitive health that's being affected that is now manifesting itself in our everyday life and in our physical health too. So what's another way that that occurs? That is in that insomnia. Because you haven't had your uh, allowed your mind to rest correctly, subconsciously when you're sleeping, your mind is still racing. And those are these physical things that are produced I also want to bring in something else too that even myself, I'm really excited about it as I'm studying it more. Um, I'm learning a lot more about Alzheimer's dementia. And what we're finding with Alzheimer's dementia is that there are a lot of links that could be linked to trauma that has occurred in life that was never addressed. And as a result, people are beginning to develop Alzheimer's dementia at younger ages. So this is where we speak about our cognitive health being connected to our physical health, just as it's connected to our spiritual health. And it's all, I like I say, a triangle that all feeds on each other. That is phenomenal. I think as a mental health professional and personally, my own approach really stands on trauma or just really distressing experiencing mm-hmm. being the, the crux of what creates dysfunction in our lives in our minds and in our bodies and the more that we can you know manage or resolve that trauma the better off we are in the long run and and that sounds like amazing research um to be linked to that and it absolutely makes sense you know um because how it looks for mental health as people are younger sometimes people will dissociate and so that's them kind of leaving, you know what I mean? Leaving their, their mind and their body and being somewhere else mm-hmm. because of the trauma that they had been through. And so um, I think that we have to take those things seriously. We have to make um, mental, emotional, and physical healing um, a priority uh, because I think that without it, our entire community doesn't stand a chance um, because there's so many things that are also generational. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that you've captured it so well in what you're doing and and what you've said. And that's why I get so excited about these conversations, because you're this expert now in mental health and I'm this expert as a physician. And now we're seeing that, hey, both of us are saying the exact same thing. And now we're able to whoever's listening to connect the pieces together. And I'm sure you would uh, agree just that, that, you know, any um, trauma that occurs to us, whether it be physical whether it be emotional, it has to be addressed 
quickly and appropriately because these things don't just go away. Uh, it's the same thing that when there is um, a headache or blood pressure, well, it doesn't go away until it's addressed correctly. And it's the same thing with our mental and emotional health. When there's something that occurs, our body does not forget it. That's just the way that we're wired. So it just hides in a different place and it will come out. And the problem is for a lot of people, it's coming out right now in the midst of other problems. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's true. I think that a lot of things have been lying dormant, maybe, if I could say that. And uh, they're coming out of that state, you know what I mean? And presenting yeah. presenting themselves all at once. And I think that, you know, all of my clients I'm saying recently, you know, whatever you're feeling, it makes sense and it's valid. But we have to we have to make sure that we do something about it um, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't continue to get in the way of your ability to to enjoy your life and your relationships. And so I love that there are more and more links and bridges for everyone to be connected you know what I mean in a field that is trying to help people um, because there's no way that you can address one and ignore the other I feel like you know absolutely I agree I always mention to clients when they come to sessions especially in the intakes you know are you, you know, what's you, have you seen a physician? Have you gotten, you know, I'm not a doctor. I tell them that I'm not a doctor, but I'm talking to one. Um, and I say, you know, have you gotten your blood work done recently? Have you had a physical? Have you made sure to check to see if there are any biological, you right. know, um, components playing a role in what you're experiencing? Because I can't address those. But if we have a, a, tr- a holistic treatment model, then we can hit it from every angle. And there are some, a lot of the times our biological components that are playing a role in my client's situations that they don't even realize. I know that a few years back when I went to the doctor and got blood work done for the first time as an adult, um, because I'm a hot mess, um, (laughs) they said I was deficient in certain vitamins and that those deficiencies um, can create certain side effects. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. And the key is what you're mentioning. It's collaborative this collaborative approach to our health and moving away from it just being fragmented, but we where we were really wanting to connect the pieces. And, you know, that's every conversation I have with every single patient of we need to connect all of these pieces because we can't do it in a fragmented way um, because we're just not going to get to the point of optimal well-being and, and healthy. Wow. So, in the midst of, you know, all of the plates that you put down and pick up and spin and all that fun stuff, what mm-hmm. are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned? Uh, one of the greatest lessons that I've heard, and I think a lot of it has come from just in my childhood. Um, I think the biggest one for me would definitely be the role that my father has played in my life. And that lesson is the reality of Number one, he would say this, and so my family's from Haiti. From Haiti, um, so Dad would always say to me, "Whatever I'm approaching in life, uh, which means Sabine, you can do it because you're a child of God." And then the second one is Sabine setig," and he's that means uh, Sabine, you can do it because the child of a tiger is a tiger. And it just built this need early on to really have a really high self-esteem and placing it in a place that doesn't shake. I think that's the greatest lesson that 
anyone can have. And it's the greatest lesson that I've learned. That's beautiful. You can create a whole book of Haitian proverbs, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. And I'm sure the same is with you. I believe you're from Uganda, correct? Yes, yes. I'm trying to now as an adult kind of go back and collect these things because, uh, you know, it's heavily an oral um an oral culture. So not mm-hmm. a lot is written down, at least to my knowledge. So I'm trying to collect things, write things down um, to be able to pass on, you know, to my kids and things like that. Um, but I think that those roots, having those roots put down for you in your childhood is what it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, when yeah. your dad is saying these things to you really help to create a solid foundation for you to build off of um little by little as you are growing up and to be able to know that uh, who you are. I feel like a lot of yes. people um, feel lost or don't have a strong sense of who they are. And that gets in the way of them being able to figure out who they want to be and what they want to do in their lives. It's that identity. Absolutely. So then, you know, you your greatest lessons are some of the things that you learned in childhood, which also um, I haven't dived into it yet or dove, sorry, I can't even speak English. Um, (laughs) But mom or daddy-daughter relationships, there's a certain significance about father and daughter relationships that there's a lot of research around that when there is an interruption or the lack of that relationship, there are so many issues later on down the line potentially. And so for you to say that some of the greatest lessons come from the relationship that you have with your father um, from early childhood really stands to speak to that, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. So, and I think I could, and you, you've, I'm sure you see this as well too, even in practice, how um, there's just a piece of someone that's broken when they don't, when they did not have that very first formative relationship done correctly. Um, and it, it, it enables them it, or in, inhibits them from building correct relationships. And it changes their very perspective of everything around them. Definitely. It's something to work through. It's not, you know, impossible to heal or to, to find a way to manage, but it's, it's necessary to be aware of it and know how to maneuver yeah. through that. So at this point in your life, what brings you the most joy? Right now, today... Um, my family, I've, I've really have enjoyed being able to slow down and spend time with my husband and the boys and just really realizing how funny they are and how full of life they are. And I think that the, the boys, and I guess any children truly, they're just a reminder of the future and they're a reminder of what is best in this life with all the chaos and craziness that's going home. There's such joy to be able, um, that's going on in the world. There's just such joy to be able to come home and just be reminded and see their heart, their spirit, and their love for life. That's amazing. That Every time I ask the question, some version of that is what comes up. And it's become more and more apparent to me, which I kind of already knew before, is that at the end of the day, the things that really matter are, you know, our wellness and mm-hmm. our relationships. It is. We're made to be in community. I I know that my mind is a little different in seeing this approach. Um, One of the things I didn't mention is that I'm actually fellowship trained in hospice palliative care. 
So when you have these discussions constantly and you begin to really realize the frailty of life and how fleeting it is, you really do stop and start thinking about what am I really upset about right now? Is it really worth not talking to this person? What offense have they truly done that we just can't speak about it? But there's truly a need in our lives to be in community and live in community. Yes, indeed. I worked at a at a nursing home for a little while and it was just very eye-opening for me. Um, and then I worked on the other end of that. I worked in juvie. So I was working with kids that were, that were, you know, in detention center. And that again, kind of brought up the same, the same lessons as far as the importance of our relationships and, you know, the need to be able to work through those things. Mm -hmm. And then of course, for my, for work, what brings me joy, I, I literally do a happy dance when I see patients really just taking control of their health. They're um, managing their diabetes, their A1C numbers are under control. They can tell me what they need to do to lower their blood pressure. When I see them taking out notepad and pen and writing when I'm teaching, oh, it's just so much joy for me. And then I always love when we have our follow-up visits following the labs because I literally go page by page, point by point. I explain what's going on and then they're just really into it because everyone can learn um, and everyone should know about their body. So when I'm able to help them understand that in a way where they get it and they're saying back to me the same things, oh my gosh, I just love it. So that's definitely the greatest joy uh, in my work. That sounds so rewarding. I think that, you know, as women uh, specifically, and then black women, um, life presents us with a lot of challenges. And so for the times where you have felt either stuck or um, lost and not sure what to do, how did you handle that? Number one, I accepted, that goes back to the grace, the fact that I am human. And there's going to be some things I, well, can do. And there's going to be some things I just can't do. We all of us have some things that we're good at. And there's some things that we just are not so good at. So the first step is that recognizing that uh, this one is a little bit more difficult for me. Maybe I do need to walk away from it. Um, Or maybe I just need to ask for help and get the help that I need. So those are the two things that I feel like are have helped me the most when I felt stuck is really being able to take that moment and recognize that I really am stuck and not practice insanity of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I love that. So before we wrap up with our last question, I want you to tell us a little bit more about your book and where we can find and support you. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to. So um, the book is called The Healthy Whole Rx. um, And you could find that at drsabineelize.com. That's D-R-S-A-B-I-N-E-E-L-I-S-E-E.com. And this book is about connecting physical, spiritual, and cognitive health to not just achieve wholeness, but maintain well-being as well. I love this book because it really comes from everything that I have heard from patients over the past nine years of seeing uh, patients in the office, in the community, and even at the hospital. And there's an added piece there, and I think that you would appreciate this too, uh, Gisette, where it speaks about our cognitive health 
and the correct way to feed our cognitive health. Um, and then there's some places there right in the book to write down with some active steps that you can take. So it's very interactive. It speaks about how our health is an interdependent system and how you have that ability to get that wellness and maintain that well-being in your life. And this book is the first way to first place to start. Wow, I need to get me a copy. That's what that sounds yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so, definitely so. So that's at drsabineliza.com, D-R-S-A-B-I-N-E-E-L-I-S-E-E.com. We will make sure that that link is in the show notes as well and definitely support you in, you know, using your knowledge and sharing those gems from nine years. You know what I mean? That's like nine years of research and, and data um, that you're really sharing. That long. <laughs> I feel like I'm that old, but yeah, it has been yeah. that <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So if you were to give someone one piece of advice on how to live a more fulfilling life, what would that be? Hmm. I feel like there's so many that I want to say, but the one piece of advice I would say to you is you are capable of it and you are worthy of it. So keep going after it. That's significant. Yes, yes, yes. Snaps, snaps, but not for the sound. We don't want to mess up the audio. <laughs> Dr. Sabine, I so appreciate you stopping by the show, sharing your gems, your wealth of knowledge with us, helping us to connect the dots in our life and really take a look um, at what we're doing, not just in one area, but in multiple so that we can really sustain wellness over time and prevent a lot of issues that would otherwise, you know, potentially be a problem for us. And so I really do want to express my gratitude. I so appreciate you. Um, and Aww, I really thank do, you. You know, want to let you know, you always have, you know, a place to come back and share some more gems if you yeah. so feel. I'm an official gem. <laughs> so no, it was so much fun. I love these things. I love the collaborations. And I think that honestly, we just need more of it so we can help everyone just really connect these pieces together. And likewise, I, I love the work that you're doing as well, too. I get excited about it. And I actually, um, I last this week when I knew I was getting ready for this, I was like, oh, I'm going to be speaking to Jacette. I need to make sure I have control of my mind and my money. Let me make sure that's going on. Yes. <laughs> if we all do our part, I think that we will make so much progress. And so um, everyone kind of in their corner doing what they're called to do really makes huge shifts and strides in our community overall. And so I appreciate you for doing your work and it motivates me to keep moving and doing mine um, so that we can all just continue to, to level up. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much. It was great. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.